Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oscar Bevis, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Velas here in Bushy, once again, with Mr. Aaron Woodcock. How are you, mate? Mr. Bevis, I'm good. How are you, mate? Very well, very well. Always like coming down here, of course, see the boys and whatnot. Um, we've got quite a lot to talk about, I think, or well, a fair bit to talk about. I don't know when our last one was. I'm pretty sure it would have been over a year. Um, quite a lot's gone on for you in that year, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been uh, some ups, some some downs, some uh, some exciting stuff, some... Real shitty stuff, but we're still here. And uh, yeah, a lot to talk about, mate. A lot to talk about. I remember, obviously, we spoke about your transition from the white collar side to professional boxing and you being in the corner and some of the opportunities that you were kind of, at the time, like a bit starstruck with. You were involved in some of the COVID shows at Wembley Arena and whatnot with Jez. Um, But you also had some of the boys you were training yourself and we just spoke a little bit off camera about that. And some of them, or the majority of them, are not boxing now and just kind of goes to show how shit the sport can be at kind of the, the the small hall level. Yeah, it's like if you're not in boxing, you don't appreciate what the entry level into professional boxing is like. So, I mean, for example, the lad I was working with, he had two fights. He was uh, non-bout. I was making his debut. Two fights. Both got uh, postponed, uh, pushed back. And then when it got rearranged again, went to do his tickets. And fans and family and friends are just like kind of lost interest and ended up not being able to do enough tickets to fight and then ended up getting the arm with it and just hanging up the gloves so yeah it's a it's a, it's a brutal sport at the uh, at the entry level for sure and there was someone else who failed an eye test as well so yeah. you, you do all that kind of build up and yeah. i suppose these tests are what nearer the fight times you basically do a camp to be you told you ain't allowed to fight that was brutal because he was a lad from italy and he came over specifically for boxing so he had amateur experience in Italy and he came over and we trained and trained and trained. There was a language barrier, which was difficult, but we worked our way around it. He sat the board. We had an interpreter talk to the board and um, they granted him his license pending a trial. So we went up, I can't remember where it was now, we went up, had his trial, tick, tick, tick. Yep, yeah, we're happy with him. Went to get the medical, obviously, before his license was approved. And uh, first stage, I said, listen, go and get your eyes done. Because uh, that's the cheapest thing to do. You don't want to go and get your brain scan before. And so when he got his eyes test and got the results back, I saw the results and I was like, "Have you got eye problems?" He was like, "Yeah, it's a, a little bit of trouble." And I was like, "Oh my, God, I can't believe it!" So we sent off to the board and they were just like, "He's not even close to ever being able to allow to be to be given the license." I was just like six months of my life just down the drain and his of course but yeah frustrating times man frustrating times another lad sat sat the board he'd had 30 odd uh, kickboxing fights 
and they declined him because he didn't have any amateur background. So yeah, he's he's now jumped in the amateurs actually. We started the amateurs here now, and uh, going to roll those guys out hopefully in sort of September time. So we'll get him a few a few amateur bouts, try and get eight or ten, and then have him reset. Horrible sport at yes, times, yeah, isn't it? Listen, but it's the best sport in the world, but can be the most gruesome and frustrating and dogged sport around. Well, you've had them situations, and you've also seen it at sort of the TV level and, and whatnot. Recently, mm. uh, one of the best results you'd have had, Baluta. Baluta Little upset yeah. on the cards. I say an upset. I, I think a lot of people kind of considered that. 50-50, maybe 60-40 in Brad's favour. Credit to Brad for coming back and taking that because yeah, he is one yeah, tough, yeah. tough geezer. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah, a little turn up on the cards for Baluta. Yeah, it is, man. Listen, we've seen Baluta sparring top, top guys all, all around the country and, like, we knew what he was capable of. And we we went into the fight thinking, we can't believe we've been given this opportunity here. Like, the bookmakers had Foster slight favourite. But in our eyes, it was like, how do we lose this? Like, he's so tough. He's got a granite chin. His work rate is a million miles an hour. His pedigree, been in with, do you know what I mean? He'd been in with Conlon recently, and it was, a, it was a close fight. And we just thought, this is a, such a great opportunity that's fallen on his lap. But listen, he still had to turn up. It's a real messy fight. Foster made it difficult. But yeah, he, listen, he showed his experience. And uh, yeah, he got through it, man. So yeah, all, uh, all kudos to him. Champ. It was funny when Josh was telling me about the, the language barrier. I mean, you spoke about the language barrier between yeah. you and uh, the Italian fellow you had in yeah. here. But he was refusing to sit down in between rounds because oh, he basically wanted to seem like nothing's phasing me. Oh, and you was trying to put Vaseline on a geezer just swaying side to side. I think round eight, uh, I said, Baluta, sit still. And he was so pumped. Josh is trying to explain like what he wants him to do, but he's just staring over at Foster like... I'm like, calm down. I need to vas your face. Like, stay still. I think by round eight, I almost had him in a headlock, like trying to vas the kid's face. Like, but yeah, he's a character. He's a character. The language barrier. I've got a cool story actually. So, I think Josh was away or he had something else. He said, "Can you take Baluta down to Matrim uh, to spar with Cordina? No problem." So we've gone up there. I think he's got to around five or six. And I'm trying to explain stuff to him. Uh, to him, sorry, just minimal stuff because obviously I know the language barrier. Yes, 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 yes. I'm thinking, he's not listening to me here. He just, I just I had a feeling. So I think it got to round seven and I just spoke complete gibberish to him. Like, not even English words. Just he's like... kind of giving him a little test yeah, to see, is, is, is he actually... Like, yeah. blah, 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 like, some gobbledygook. And he looked at me, he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, okay, all right. Give him his water and just let him go out and do what he does. Yeah, but yeah. Now, listen, he's a great fighter and uh, hopefully some bigger opportunities for him, for him coming up. Yeah, look forward to seeing where uh, yeah. where he goes. I, I come here and spoke to Mitch. Um, we had a couple of days ago. That's obviously been up since the interview. You've mm. seen it as well. Really yeah. good interview, and it was it was good to get Mitch back in front of the camera. Actually, definitely hasn't lost the talk. Um, but he obviously cited you as one of the big reasons, pretty much, arguably the reason for his mm. return. Saying that if it wasn't for being able to link up with you, there weren't a coach in the world that yeah. could have got him back back inside the ring. Do you know what, like. Oh, that obviously means a lot to me and it's, it's, uh, it's a big compliment from Mitch. I think when he said that, he wasn't just talking about my ability as a coach. It was the whole environment that we were in. Because um, when he first came, I was like, he, he came to the gym, he was doing a bit of PT in, and I think he was talking about that, maybe doing an unlicensed fight again just to make a bit of money up towards Christmas time. He didn't really have any interest in going pro again. So he said, do you mind just doing a bit of pads with me? 
And I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. Listen, I can't be there on a fight night. It's, it's an unlicensed event and whatnot. But if you want a bit of help with training in between your clients and my schedule, no problem. So we done it. And uh, listen, we were just having a laugh, man. We just clicked straight away. Like, I can't, you can't even explain it. And um, yes, we were just enjoying time in the gym, doing pads. I was putting him through circuits and stuff. And his weight started coming down. And what happens, the fight he was supposed to have got postponed, I think the show got pulled for some kind of reason, and it was just like, oh, well, that's kind of it kind of thing. And then I'm sure he came to me and he was like, how do you feel about coaching me? I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, you, you want to go pro again? He says, I've got, I mean, it's still got that burning thing inside me where I want, I, I need to, for myself, I can't sort of leave it where it is. The weight's coming down. I'm in a better place now. I'm in a gym, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, I said this, I'll let you know. So I went away and I thought about it. And I thought, why why have all these coaches that have got more experience than me by a million miles not been able to get Mitch over the last little bit? Because there's been, I think, four or five times he worked in a few different gyms. Went up to Manchester. He was over at West Ham for a little bit. Um, what have they done that just didn't wasn't enough for him? And it sort of dawned on me, it, was, it wasn't in the gym that he needed the help with. Do you know what I mean? He's got 23 years boxing experience, which he likes to remind me uh, on a daily basis, does he, the boy? So uh, I thought that he doesn't... So there's little bits and pieces that he's picked up for me along the way, but he didn't need help in the gym. It was when he walked out of the gym. It was getting his life in a place where he's got an income, he's doing a bit of work in the gym, he's settled at home, my lovely missus was making all of his food for him, like creating an environment for him where he was happy so that when he came to the gym, he came because he wanted to come and train, not he was going through turmoil outside of the gym and wanted to come to the gym for a break to get his, to clear his head. Do you know what I mean? So we put that in place and we started training. Yeah. And it was, uh, we didn't really know where it was going to go, to be honest. It was just, I said to him, listen, you know, this is a weight-based sport. You can't fight it this way. So we'll crack on. We'll try and get the weight off you, and then we'll talk where we are in a couple of months. So, yeah. Yeah, and now we're here. Well, it was good to see him, obviously, back in the ring. I know we spoke yesterday to him about how much he kind of had to kill himself to get yeah. get that weight off. But one thing that, um, <clears throat> pardon me, one thing he did mention, and that when you watched the interview, must have I don't know, given you, given you goosebumps a little bit, is the fact that he said, "I still believe I can win a world title." Now look, he knows that's distant yet yeah. he's only just had his comeback sixth rounder but from someone who a year ago we sat there and spoke about going from the white collar scene to now working yeah. with a fighter who is known in British boxing yeah, is, yeah. And, and will get an opportunity because of his name to someone who is talking about going on to fight for world titles I said we're, we're a way off but that must have yeah, given you a little right. bit of a oh fuck yeah listen Mitch knows where he is now like I said we just come off a sixth rounder in Watford Leisure Centre we know his level's way above that but people aren't just going to jump straight away, oh, Mitchell's back, well, let's just get on the phone and offer him something. We know where we are. We Listen, if he's as good as what we feel he is, as what I feel he is, of what I've seen in, in the gym and inspiring, he can go and compete at elite level, a million percent. No, no doubt in my mind, and definitely no doubt in his mind. And yeah, listen, world title sounds exciting, doesn't it? But listen, we won't run before we can walk. But um, yes, he's got to step up again. We're out July 23rd. Hopefully, uh, we'll do super lightweight then. A little bit of a step up. But yeah, again, just an opponent. 
and then hopefully we can get some interest from listen his dream again is to be back on tv back in big fights like make some money for himself and his family and leave leave a legacy on his name not just sort of where he left boxing five six years ago and i believe we can get there man 100 percent. like he is still a name in boxing he's uh he's a crowd pleaser he's excited he can fight for fun like I'm sure we will get some interest after like after July 23rd from from some kind of promotional and then yeah we'll sit down and go from there. Brilliant! Can't wait to see where where Mitchell's yeah, journey goes and maybe if we leave it another year we'll be doing this in Vegas for the uh, for the oh, world yeah. title. Who knows? <laughs> Mate, listen, don't you know? Listen, I, before my boxing uh, career, I actually played poker for a living for about ten years. So Vegas is like uh, Vegas is my second home. So. Yeah, for Baluta yeah. for Baluta's shot. Mate, there oh, we yeah, go. Listen, I'll be a uh, headlocking Baluta in Vegas trying to put some vats on his face at the MGM or something. Yeah, but yeah, that would be epic, man. Hundred percent. You'll be with us. We'll uh, we'll employ you as our personal uh, media man over in Vegas. Love that, Aaron. Top My man. Top man. Top man. Sports Social Podcast Network.